0: Good Risings. I'm Liz Earnshaw, and this is Hash It Out. Over the past several episodes, we were answering a listener question that was related to wedding planning and one of their future in laws kind of violating some limits and boundaries. And it made me want to talk a little bit about some of the big things that I see when people are planning a wedding. So I work as a couples counselor, as many of you know, and I also work with a lot of premarital couples. I actually co-founded a company called Ours, which is completely focused on helping people have the important conversations, know the important skills before they get married so that they can set themselves up for success. So I wanted to dedicate an episode today talking about some of the big things that I see happen and some of the really important things that you can start practicing in your relationship during the wedding planning stages. So when planning a wedding, most people focus on the event, right? Who's going to be there? What should it look like? How do we want to entertain? And in this, they often forget to focus on the relationship weddings though are full of opportunities to build the type of relationship you want with each other you see your life together does not begin after the festivities are over it's already started and the way you navigate your relationship from wedding planning on out is going to impact your sense of security with each other for years to come and that is what strengthens your trust and commitment in particular there are three really important relationship skills that need to be sharpened while navigating the planning of your big or small event. One, giving and taking influence. Two, compromising. Three, boundary setting. Giving and taking influence. Let's start there. So for decades, John Gottman has studied couples. His research has given us extensive understanding of what makes some couples succeed and others struggle. One finding is that people who give and take influence from each other do much better in relationships than those who don't. Whenever I write about taking influence, though, people will say, what does that even mean? The answer is simple. Being able to take influence means that you allow yourself to be the type of person that can be influenced by your partner's feelings and opinions and needs. Unfortunately, many couples do not take each other's influence. Instead, they dig their heels in and they stay myopic in their views and their opinions. They think that they know what is best. When it comes to weddings, there are many opportunities to give and take influence. How big is the wedding going to be? What type of food are you going to have? Where's it going to be located? How much money are you going to spend? Sometimes people just roll over and they agree to do whatever the path of least resistance is. And sometimes that's okay. In reality, it's good to pick your battles. You don't always need to be influential. And sometimes you honestly don't care as much as the other person cares. But when something really matters to you, it's much better to speak up and offer your two cents giving influence doesn't mean, of course, that you always win. It doesn't mean that your position takes priority. It does mean you share your thoughts and feelings in a clear, kind, and assertive manner. And taking influence means that you are open to hearing the other person's thoughts and feelings without becoming defensive or trying to win. Let's take Abby and Nick. Abby really wants a big wedding of everyone that she's ever met and even slightly liked, whereas Nick wants a small, intimate wedding. The people who really matter and that's it. Whenever Abby and Nick talk about the size of the wedding, they argue. Every now and then, Abby sends Nick a link to a big venue, for example. And when Nick gets it, he responds, no way. I hate weddings like this. Small and intimate is the way to go. And Abby seethes with that, right, and starts to think of imaginary scenarios in her head where she's going to make some unilateral decisions. The issue here, though, isn't that Nick and Abby want different-sized weddings. Even if they wanted the same, they will certainly face a strong difference of opinion elsewhere in their marriage. The issue is is that they are not willing to take each other's influence. In both of their minds, there is only one right way to have a wedding. For Abby, the right way is big, and for Nick, the right way is small. If I was working with Abby and Nick as their counselor, I would encourage them to move out of this binary. Either can and are right. They Either can be and they are right. But instead, I would ask them to slow down on the problem solving and get curious about what matters most about their positions. I would offer that they explore. What does it mean to have a big or a small wedding? Which feelings come up about that? What are they both worried about will happen if they don't get their way? So if you're currently planning a wedding, I suggest you look at the places where you differ. You slow down and you ask these types of questions. If you're not planning a wedding, it's the same thing. In your relationship, you need to be able to slow down, see where you differ, and actually care about where the other person is coming from. You want to really try to understand what makes sense about their desire and recognize that their difference isn't a threat to you after you slow down then you'll be able to take the next step towards creating an outcome this means that you're going to move at that point towards compromise and in the next episode i'm going to talk more about what compromise looks like and how you can begin to create compromise when you're different in a way that doesn't make either person lose that lets you both co-create something so you can win together